right, come on. Happy New Year, everybody. Would you help me welcome anyone who's watching online or who may be a first-time guest this morning? Come on, we're so glad that you're spending time with us this morning. And my name is Michael. I'm the lead pastor here, and uh, what an honor it is to spend some time with you on the first Sunday of the year and uh, do church together. And really excited as we kick off this brand new series today. I do want to um, just give a shout out to my family at home uh, today, as well as uh, some of you may have heard my story about a year ago. I shared with you some um, new family that I discovered in my life, and uh, my my brother, who I'd never met before, texted me this morning to say he's watching church. So just want to say hey to John. If y'all would help me just say hello to John. Glad you're watching church this morning, you and your family. Thrilled to have you guys, and uh, that's pretty cool, pretty cool for me. So um, man, really excited as we kick off this new series and have an opportunity here as we start the new year together to make sure that we start it right. And I'm going to make a statement to you that I've been making, uh, this will be the ninth time I've said it, we get, we're getting ready to uh, celebrate 10 years together as a church next month, if you can believe that, uh, since, since True Life launched in that movie theater on Main Street. Um, but for, for nine Januaries, I've made this statement that I still believe as much as I ever have, and I know it to be true for you, as we begin the new year this will be your best year ever if it's your best year with Jesus. It can be. It's going to be your best year ever if it's your best year with Jesus. Regardless of the circumstances and what's going on in our world, I'm just telling you, you can have something happen on the inside of you that can be powerful and meaningful, and it'll turn this into the best year ever if it's your best year with Jesus. Say amen if you receive that this morning. Amen? All right, so I'm going to help you with that this morning. We're going to talk about how we take a brand new year and get off to a fresh start, get off to a healthy start. But before we do, I want to invite you to come back to church Wednesday night for our first Wednesday, our first first Wednesday of 2021. And we'll be gathering at 7 p.m. That will be streamed online for those of you who can't attend in person. Uh, we will have child care here uh, for, that, for that service. And if you've not had a chance to participate in first Wednesday, which would make sense because we only had one of them. We launched this last year. We had one. And then the pandemic happened, all right? So we'll get four of them in this year. The first Wednesday of every new quarter we'll gather. And I'll just say it this way. First Wednesday is kind of the service designed for church people. Uh, Sunday morning, we, we want to encourage believers. We also want to reach lost people and new people. And so, and we've got back-to-back-to-back services. So we're on a tight schedule, uh, all those kinds of things. Wednesday nights, we extend worship. We have time in prayer. We're a little bit looser with the schedule. And uh, I'll go a little deeper in the teaching. In fact, this week, I'll, I'll dig into some prayer and fasting principles for you as we begin the new year together. And so we'd love to have you come back and hang out with us 7 p.m. Wednesday night. It's going to be really good. Um, I do need to ask you all a favor here in this 10 a.m. service, all right? And I, I'm just going to ask this. I'm going to ask you to pray about this, consider this. Uh, we're, we're trying to make sure we stay within all the guidelines and do everything that we're being asked to do in regard to the pandemic, and, and I hope, you know, hope here over the next few months that the, the vaccine distribution ramps up and, and our lives start to look a little more normal again, but until then, I need your help in this service, because this is the only service that we offer childcare in right now, and that's because of the pandemic. A lot of our Kids Life team, uh, for, for lots of different reasons, can't come and serve like they would have. Uh, some had to move, like, some of them were college kids, and so they had to move, like, back home and out of state. And so that depleted the number of people who were serving on our Kids Life team. So we've only been able to offer Kids Life during our 10 a.m. service. Now, we don't want that. We are trying to figure out how we get Kids Life back into our 8.30 uh, and then our new service, the 11.30 time slot. If you think there's even a chance that God's put it in your heart to invest in the next generation by serving on our Kids Life team, which I personally think is the best investment you can possibly make uh, is to invest in the next generation. We don't babysit. We invest Jesus in the life of our kids. Can I hear an amen? That's not what's happening over there. They're not babysitting. They're investing Christ into our children's lives. Well, they are babysitting probably in the infant's room because I don't, I don't, like, you probably can't teach the Bible to somebody who just needs a fresh diaper. You know what I'm saying? But they're praying, as they change a diaper, they're praying over them. And, uh, and so it's, it's really about Jesus. So if there's a chance God has put that in your heart, get to Life Track, get a blue shirt on, help us add Kids Life in those additional services. But if you don't have children, I know this service is fun to be in because it's the most crowded and the energy's different, right? Um, our 830 service is the most heavily attended service online. 
So our online numbers are large in that service, and our in-person numbers are small. And our 1130 service is smaller in person. And a lot of that's because this is the service with childcare. We understand that. If you don't have kids, like if you don't need the 10 a.m. time slot, would you please prayerfully consider moving to the 8.30 or to the 11.30 until we're able to get kids' life back to normal? That will help us make sure that our crowd size stays within the parameters that we're being asked to keep it in during this service. And it will also make the 8.30 and the 11.30 feel a little better in person, all right? Those are, those are attended well online, but... Um, but there's, there's plenty of seating, all right? So you'll be really safe. You'll be really social distanced in the 8.30 or the 11.30, all right? Plenty of, so just, I'm just, I'm not telling you to. I'm just asking you to prayerfully consider that. You'll really, really help us, okay? All right, um, this series, God, man, start, God really started birthing this in my heart back in October as, as we started thinking about the new year that was coming and really excited just to spend some time today to talk about how we begin the new year and how to make sure we set ourselves up, how we give ourselves a foundation to see God do his best stuff in our lives this year. And there's a passage in your Bible that I want to share with you this morning. It's, it's an interesting passage, but, but I thought before we do that, we would laugh a little bit. All right? Come on. How many know it's okay to laugh in church? It's all right. It's okay. And you all seen this meme? This is hilarious to me. Does anyone else feel troubled by the fact that the name of this next year is literally 2021, W-O-N? <laughs> Come on, how many, how many rolling into the new year feeling like that? Like 2020, just it won. It defeated me. I, was, I, am, I surrender. I know a lot of us are rolled into the new year feeling that way. I shared that in the first service. And it's harder to know with a smaller crowd if it's actually funny or not. So I was... I was banking on getting a text from my wife, who's watching church online at home today. Uh, we had, like, head colds go through our whole house, and it used to be, you know, you guys remember about a year ago, if you got a cold, you didn't care, you just went about all your life? Well, now you can't, all right? So they're all staying home. My wife and my kids are staying home just out of an abundance of caution and not coming to church today, and I feel fine, but out of an abundance of caution. I'm not going to be in the lobby after service. I'm kind of self-quarantining in my office when I leave the platform, so I'm not being antisocial or any of that. I'm just trying to uh, exercise an abundance of caution, so I pray, ask you for just a little bit of your grace this morning on that, but, but a lot of us rolling into the year, and so uh, she did. She texted me after the first service. She's like, it's funny. Keep it. Use it. I was like, all right, yes, thank you. All right, so... But a lot of us, that's kind of how we're feeling, like 2021, it won, and, uh, and we're rolling into the new year, and can I just tell you, can I give you some good news this morning? You know who the winner is? It's Jesus. Jesus wins. Uh, he, he's, he's still in charge. He's still on the throne, and, and he's, got a, he's got a beautiful plan in place for your life this year. There's an interesting passage of scripture in the Bible where he, he predicts his own death. And I think if you'd have been one of the disciples during that time, it kind of would have been a hard, it would have been a hard message to hear from Jesus and understand completely what he was saying. And he, and he says this, he says uh, in, in, um, in John chapter 12, he says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce something. So, something's going to come from this. It's going to produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Of course, Jesus is alluding to himself. He said, I'm going, to, I'm going to give up my life, which would have been shocking to the disciples, would have been shocking to a lot of people who would not have expected that to be what their Messiah would do. But he does. He goes and he gives up his life, and he's saying, hey, it's going to look like I'm going to, look I'm going to be dead. It's going to look bad. But out of what looks bad... God's going to produce a bunch of new stuff. There's going to be some really good stuff come from this. And he goes on, he says, and, and you got to be careful because those who fall in love with this life and this world too much, you're going to lose it anyway. And can I be honest with you, that's what's made, that's what made last year, and I don't want to talk too much about the past. It's a new year, a new thing. That's what we're, we're, that's what we're aiming at this morning. But I just want to give you some context this morning. That, that's what's made the last year tougher for some of us than others is we found I was in love with this life a little too much. I was in love with this world and how comfortable it was for me and the way things were working. My normal, I, I really loved that a lot. And I'm not doing so well now because my normal got disrupted. And Jesus actually warns us, like, hey, don't fall in love with this life too much. 
Because it's, it's, number one, you can't count on it, and number two, it's not going to last forever. You'll, you'll end up losing it anyway. But those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for, everybody say the last word, eternity. And so, man, if we're going to have a good year, if we're going to have a good start to the new year, we got to get our hearts and our minds turned towards eternity, what lasts forever. And one of the things I love about God is the Bible says his mercies are new every morning. Like you get a fresh start every day. The Bible even says that where sin abounds, where you and I make lots of mistakes, where we mess up a lot, that grace abounds all the more. Like he has a plan to deal with our tendency towards making a mess out of things. How many are thankful for that? I know I am. So you get this opportunity for a fresh start. I think he's the God of the reset. When I was a kid, uh, I remember my brother and I got our very first video game system. Some of you all are old enough to remember how big a deal it would have been to get the very first Nintendo Entertainment System. Come on. Anybody old enough to have had Nintendo with the original Mario Brothers and all, you know what I'm saying? Like, we got our Nintendo, and we would play football on the Nintendo. It's hard to imagine football on that little thing now. We'd play Tecmo Super Bowl on the football. And here was the cool thing about Nintendo is if you didn't like the way the game was going, if you were like down to the last couple seconds of the game and you knew you were going to lose, you could just hit the reset button and then Nintendo would not remember how the game was going. You get a chance to do it all over again. Just reset. Come on, how many like a, an easy cheat? You know what I'm saying? You even had cheat codes. Like you could put in cheat codes to make sure you never died in the game. You just breeze all the way through it. It was, it was awesome. And I remember just occasionally using that reset. It turned into some fist fights with my brother and I because one of us might be winning against the other one and then we're like, all of a sudden we're like, oh, muscle cramp, and you kick the Nintendo and hit the reset, you know what I'm saying? Like, sorry, man, I guess we'll have to play it again. You did it on purpose. But can I tell you something this morning? You know what's awesome about God, man? I think he's the God of the reset. Like, I don't know how 2020 went for you. I don't know how life up to this point has been going for you. But I just, I'm so encouraged by the fact that as we begin a new year today, you've got an opportunity. I think God says, hey, you know what? Now is the perfect time to hit reset and have a fresh start if you need it. And God will do that for you. He'll, he'll give that to you. He'll give us a fresh start, a reset. I wonder how many of us have some things in our lives that looked like that kernel of wheat. Jesus says, unless it goes to the, to the soil and dies, it remains alone. And there have been some things in my life at times that look dead. I've had some dreams that I thought I was laying down. Sometimes there's some relationships that get laid down. Sometimes there's things we thought would happen in our career that didn't go the way we thought they would. Sometimes our Marriages and our families seem lifeless. But can I encourage you with something this morning? Oftentimes, the things in our lives that look dead, God actually just wants to use them as a seed to give birth to something new in your life because he's the God of the reset. Isn't that encouraging? That's, so Jesus said, hey, sometimes there's some things in your life that they need to, they need to, they need to look dead. But it's actually my way of of doing something new in your life. And so I want to ask you a question as you begin the new year. What if God could turn my suffering into a seed? What if God could take the thing I've been struggling with as I begin a new year? I've got a lot on my mind. I've got a lot I'm thinking about. What if I could take the stuff that's been going on and my circumstances and the stuff that's been happening to me? What if God actually has a way to use that? And I've made... A statement over the last almost 10 years of our church, I've made it many, many times, and I'm going to make it again, but I'm telling you, it feels different saying it now. And we've said this for the entire life of our church. When something is happening to me, God wants to do something in me. And every time I've made that statement to you, I've known there are pockets of people who are probably going through some garbage, and they need to know that God wants to take the thing that's happening to them and do something inside of them. But here's the interesting thing about this now, like never before, I could say all of us collectively, some stuff's been happening to us, <laughs> amen? Like, 
And so you know what is kind of cool about that is all of us collectively, I think God wants to do something in us. Like, I think we're positioned so well for God to do something amazing in our lives. I think, I think it's true that when stuff's happening to us, God wants to do something in us. And I think it's a part of his character. I think it's a part of his nature to take our suffering, to take our pain, to take the junk that we're going through. It's his pattern and his character to take that and to turn it into something good. In fact, you can even see the pattern throughout the Old Testament. The Israelites, the Jewish people would go through garbage and God would always find a way to use it and turn it for good. In fact, in one scenario, Israel was kind of having their version of a 2020. I mean, they had, they, they repeated this pattern a lot. But they were kind of repeating, they had kind of had their, a 2020. And the prophet Isaiah comes along and he says, hey, I know it's not been great, but God sent me to tell you some stuff. He wants me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And I don't say things like this very much, but I think God put me on this platform for the first Sunday of 2021 to prophetically say something to every person who's listening today in any of our three services, through those cameras, or through a podcast. Like, I think God wants me to say to you, the time of God's favor for your life has come. It has come. Like, God wants to do something in your life and with it the day of God's anger against our enemies. And now your enemies ain't the person at work that you don't like, all right? Your enemy is Satan. And can I just encourage you with something this morning? God's got a plan for him too, like he's gonna get his. Aren't you thankful for that? God's got a plan for that too. He says, for all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes. It's not dead, it's just a seed. A joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they'll be like great oaks that the Lord has, everybody say that word, planted for his own glory. Not little, not cute little plants, not little flowers or daisies. What's he say? You're going to be like an oak planted for his glory. I've been, been thinking about that a lot. I was thinking about this idea of seed and planting and a fresh start to the new year. And um, I know y'all are going to be blown away by how deep this is, but I've, I figured out there are two primary components to something being planted. Y'all ready? It's going to blow your mind. You got seed and soil. You okay with that? I know you just take a second to process that. Two primary, now there's a lot more to it than that, but two primary components to something being planted, something fresh giving birth. You got seed and you got soil. Now, that's a big deal for me to have that figured out because I am not like some of you. Some of you are what they would call a green thumb. You know what that is? That's somebody who like everything they grow, grows. So some of y'all, you plant grass, your lawn looks beautiful. It's amazing. You do a fantastic job. So some of y'all, you, you, you got a garden out back, you plant some tomatoes or some cucumbers and, and, and all those kinds of things because you like to bring fresh vegetables to your pasture. Thank you. I'm just kidding. That was, that was a joke. You, you're good at that. Like, everything just works. I don't have a green thumb. In fact, I think I have what you might call the thumb of death. <laughs> Anybody else got that thumb? It's like, I have a black thumb. Like, if there's anything growing in your yard or your, your lawn, your garden that you want to get rid of, just invite me over to take care of it. And I promise you, it'll die. It's going to be gone. Like, I specialize in killing stuff that grows in the ground. It's like, it's like a spiritual gift that I have. And that's been frustrating for me because I want my lawn to look decent. Like, I don't, wanna, I don't need to win lawn of the month or anything like that in my neighborhood. But I want it to look decent. Y'all with me? I just want it to look okay. And we've got some patches in our lawn that have not been okay. Like for years, they have not been okay. And I've even shared with you this story. My, my father-in-law said to me one time, he said, because he was a landscaper and he's really good at this stuff. He said, hey, you know the secret to keeping weeds out of your lawn isn't spraying the weeds. It's not a chemical. 
He said the secret to keeping weeds out of your lawn is to get the lawn so healthy that there's no room for the weeds to grow in. Come on, how many know that'll preach? Right? Like, that'll preach. He wasn't trying to preach, but that'll preach. And so I've used that illustration through the years because it'll preach. There's this thing about things you say from a platform, though, sometimes, that they sound good. And then you go try to do them, and it ain't so easy. Like trying to keep your life so healthy that no sin can fit in. That preaches. Not always that easy, right? And, um, and so I've wanted that, man. I've wanted my lawn to be so healthy that there's no bad stuff that can make it in. And so I would go to Home Depot. I'd buy bags of seed. I'd watch the infomercials. I was, come on, there's so many places that have got my money. Y'all seen the infomercials and they're like, put this magical grass seed. It'll grow on anything. It'll grow on a cinder block. It'll grow on your street. It'll grow on your drive. It'll grow on the side of your house. Put it anywhere. Sprinkle a little water on it. You'll have magical, amazing grass in no time. Come on, anybody seen these infomercials? And I'm like, yes, that was made for me. Can I tell you something? They're liars. They are liars. That is seed from hell because it teases you. It looks good for like a day, right? It sprouts. I mean, I've had so many times I go plant some stuff and my wife's like, good job, honey. The lawn's starting to look nice. And like a week later, it's like, gone, dead. So I realized there's, there's got to be something that I'm doing wrong here, something I'm not doing right. And so uh, I found this. There's this gift that God created for people like me who need to learn things called YouTube. Come on, where are all my YouTubers at? Like, I can learn. You can learn how to do anything on you. I know how to do stuff I'll never even need to do because it's on YouTube. My poor wife, she'd walk in the room. She'd be like, what are you watching? Like, you're not going to, you're not building a pool on your own. What are you doing? I'm like, but I know how. It's cool. Just give me a backhoe. I'm going in. I'm going. <laughs> so I, I started learning. Okay, like if I, there's some, obviously there's something broken. The grass is not. It'll look good for a little while, and then you get a hundred degree day in the summer, and it just burns up and dies. It, like there's something I'm not doing right. So I got on YouTube and I started learning that if you really want to plant something and you want it to take root and be healthy, that there's some systems that need to be followed. There's some priorities that need to be put in place. And I think this is true of our spiritual lives as well, our spiritual development as well. Like if you want God's best to grow up in your life, and, and I don't normally do this because I know people don't like to be put on the spot, but can we just for a second, like if you would say, hey, Michael, I'd like God's best in my life for 2021. I'd like God's best to grow up my life. Show hands. How many would want that? Like, right? Okay, like, yeah, pretty much all of us. We want God's best to grow up in our lives. So here's the thing. If you want that, there's some systems. There's some priorities that need to be put in place. Here's the first thing I learned is that timing is really important. So like if you go sprinkle some grass seed in the summer, uh, you're setting yourself up for heartbreak because it might grow for a little bit, but then you're going to get like a scorching hot day and it's not going to last. So t timing is important, getting it down in the right. So like I've got, I've got the most successful front yard so far that I've ever had for, we've been living in this house for 10 years now, and finally, I've got grass that is growing in the front yard. You want to know why? Because I planted it in the fall when you're supposed to, like, no, I never knew that. Nobody ever told me that. Thank you, YouTube. Come on. Planted in the right, timing, timing is important. And can I tell you something? As the new year begins, there's something about the beginning of a new year. I think there's, I can't necessarily show this to you in scripture, but I think there might even be like a spiritual component to this, like, a, like almost like a spiritual calendar for us. Like this, this part of the year, this first month or two of a brand new year, this is the perfect, like this is spiritual planting season. This is a good time to get seed down in your life and in your heart. This is a good time to get things in place so that God can grow up something beautiful in your life later on. This is in Scripture, Ecclesiastes 3.1. For everything, there is a, a season, a time for every activity under heaven. Don't plant it in the summer because it's not going to make it. 
you got to plan it at the right time. And I'm just telling you, right here, first Sunday of 2021, this is the right time to get some, some stuff planted in your life so that, so that God can grow the right things up in your life and you can experience God's best in your life. If you're, if you're with me so far, why don't you just say amen? Amen. All right. So, and just since it's the first Sunday of the year, let's just clarify on this. We don't say amen to, to make preachers feel good. It's actually biblical. This is, this is a verbal, it's a verbal acknowledgement of truth and saying, I'm in. I agree. I receive that for my life. So when we, when we say amen together, that's what we're doing. We're saying, hey, God, I, I'll take that. I believe that's truth for my life. All right? You with me? Amen. Tracking? All right, good. Yes, good time for an amen. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> there you go. All right. So timing is important. You know what else is, I learned is important is, is temperature, environment, atmosphere. Get, getting the right environment in place for something to take root and grow. And I, I just need you to know this. Like, I believe this this morning. I believe, I believe God put this in my heart a couple months ago. Got me all fired up for this series, for this moment right now, just to say to you, as we begin 2021 together, and I know a lot of us are dealing with some garbage in our life that looks dead. I'm just telling you, what looks dead might be a seed. And this is the right time. This is planting season. This is spiritual planting season. And this is the right time to cultivate the right atmosphere, the right environment in your heart for God to move. Like, I think the atmosphere is ripe right now for God to move in your life. Like, I really do. And some of you don't even like hearing that. Like, you're struggling with it. You're like, eh, I don't know, man. I just got too much garbage in my life. No, no, no. That's why that amen is so important, because you got to go, you got you to separate the circumstances from the truth of God's word, and say, you know what, I, I do believe God has something in store for me this year. I do believe God wants to take some of the garbage that I've been dealing with and do something good with it. I'm not promising you that 2021 won't have any pain, that it won't have any issues, that it won't have any ups and downs. Anybody who teaches that doesn't read their Bible. But I'm telling you, whatever you walk through, God can grow something beautiful out of it. So you gotta, you got you to gotta embrace that, okay, I'm going to get the temperature right. I'm going to get the atmosphere right. I'm going to spend some time cultivating the right set of circumstances for God to show up and move in my life. The psalmist got this, Psalm 63.1. He said, God, you are my God, and I earnestly, like there's this passion, search for you. My soul thirsts for you. It's, God, is my whole body is longing for you in this parched and weary land where there's an ep- a pandemic, where there's no water, like where there's ev- all, everything seems jacked up, God, but you know what? As jacked up as everything is, I want you more than ever. And so I'm coming after you, and I want to encourage you as you begin the year, just go ahead and set your heart that way. Set the temperature of your heart. That I'm going to be passionate for God. I'm going to go after God with everything I have. It's timing. It's temperature. And this is how you know I studied to do this. They all start with the letter T. <laughs> You're welcome. That's how you pass ministry school right there. You've got you to show them you can start all your points with the same letter. And then they're like, God must have called you to this. Go. <laughs> I'm kidding. Some of you are like, I could do that. <laughs> Timing, temperature, tenderness. Like if you throw seed on hard soil, the chances that that seed takes root and grows are greatly diminished. But if you get out there with a hoe or a rake and you, you till a little bit, you, you break up the ground, you get it ready to receive got a better chance that something might grow. And you know what's tricky about trying to have a fresh start after a tough year is some of us, our hearts have gotten hard. Some of us aren't even sure God wants to do anything in our lives. Some of us have just kind of taken on a go-it-alone attitude and you've kind of given up And I think God brought you today 
to hear me say, we got to break that ground up a little bit. you got to let your heart get tender again. Let your heart be open to the things of God again. Let your heart be open to faith and believing again. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 7 says, Today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Like the, the condition of your heart to receive what God wants to do is incredibly important. And if you want to see the right things grow up in your life this year, if you want to see God's best grow up in your life this year, take advantage of the timing right now because this is the right time to work on it. Set the temperature and the atmosphere, and I'm going to help you with how to do that in just a second. And check the tenderness of your heart. Like, are you even open to what God wants to do? And I want all of us to experience this together. I want you to have a good, fresh start to 2021. I want want to see good things sprout up in your life and my life to take root, give birth to something beautiful. And so we're going to close the message this morning by giving you just some really simple, practical, but biblical priorities, some things that you can make priorities out of. And I'm just telling you, if you'll do these things, You'll be taking advantage of the timing. It'll help you set the atmosphere and the temperature. And it'll keep your heart tender to receive what God wants. One more time. How many want God's best in 2021? Yep, okay. So this is real practical, but it's truth. It works, all right? So if you want God's best, you're going to have to get first things first. All right? There's some priorities that you're going to have to to make as you begin the new year. And the first one is, I'm asking you to prioritize God's word. God's word. Like, figure, it's probably a little different for everyone, but find your rhythm, find your routine to try to get some Bible into your life as close to every day as you possibly can. And listen, this is not like a religious thing where you miss a day, you feel guilty all right, or you miss a few days and then now you're like trying to catch up and all your body, like, don't do that. You miss a day, just pick up where you, where you left off. I, I'm a big fan of the one-year Bible. Not every, now, it's not, it's not the right thing for everybody. Um, we're not supposed to, we stopped selling resources at our info desk, which, by the way, we don't sell anything to make money. We only do it to resource you. We sell it at cost. Um, but we have, like, we have one-year Bibles that is one of the things that we keep at the at the info desk as a resource. If you need one, like talk to somebody in the lobby today. I'm sure we'll, we'll find a way to sneak it to you. We'll put on some rubber gloves or something and, and we'll, we'll, get, we'll get it to you. I don't have any opinions about any of this. All right. <clears throat> like, we'll, we'll just, I'd rather you have the resource. You go home, like sanitize it or something. I don't know. You figure it out. Uh, I like the one-year Bible. For me, it works because I get a little bit of Old Testament. I get a little bit of New Testament. I get Psalms, and I get Proverbs, and if you follow the plan, you'll read through the entire Bible in a year. Now, if you miss a day, it's not a big deal. You'll probably get that day next year, all right? Don't worry about it. For me, that works, because if I'm, like, trudging through some parts of Leviticus, like, how many know it's hard to figure out, like, what does this mean for me? Or or you're, you're reading the genealogy, which what it means to you is always pointing to Jesus, but sometimes it can feel a little dry when you're reading it. I know... If I'm struggling there, I'm going to get some New Testament too. And what I do is I go into my Bible reading every day with just a, hey, God, would you show me something in your word today for me? And, and, and sometimes that turns into a series or a sermon or something. But most of the time, it's just, it's just God nudging me, reminding me of something, correcting something in my life, encouraging me, inspiring me in some way through his word. And so I'll get a little bit of Old Testament, some New Testament if I get through Old Testament and New Testament and I'm not feeling like I've connected with anything, I'm almost guaranteed from Psalms or Proverbs because Psalms is always going to help cultivate just the heart of praise and focus on God. And at the very least, I'm going to get Proverbs, which is wisdom. And how many know we can always use a little more wisdom in our lives, right? So that's what works for me. That might not be what works for you. But here's the awesome thing. We live in a day and age where there's this amazing gift called smartphones and iPads and tablets and the Bible app, which has countless translations and countless reading plans and devotionals to go with them to help you process what you're reading and figure out how it applies to your life. And so what I'm asking you to do 
is, is just figure out how can I get some of God's word into my life every day, every day. And I'm telling you, you'll absorb more than you think. You'll, rem- you'll remember more than you think. In fact, I remember when I was a, in, a teenager in high school, we probably need to bring some of these things back, quite honestly. Uh, to, 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 in my youth group at church, to even have a chance to get on stage and like play drums, which is what I was doing, or sing, or all those. Did, like to minister, you had to go through like a discipleship course. And our course was hardcore. Like you had to memorize scripture. You had to pass a memorization test. All these different things. And I'm just, like there's so much scripture. I can't necessarily tell you where it is in the Bible, but it is forever imprinted on my heart. Like I could just rattle off scripture for almost any circumstance that I come into in life just because it's been so often repeated into my life. Like, let me show you how this works, because I'll, I'll show you in a, in a way that, that'll, that'll just make sense to you, because if I do this, a whole bunch of you are going to be able to join right in. In West Philadelphia, born and raised, on the playground is where I spent chilling out, Max, and shooting some b-ball outside the school when a couple of guys who were up to no good started making trouble in my, I got in one little fight, and my mom got scared, she said, <laughs> why, why is that? Why can, I, why can I recite that whole song to you without even thinking about it? Because for generations, like for my generation, it was a big deal, but then the reruns and the reruns and the re- and we all knew that song. Why? Because the repetition of it, the rhythm of, of that being, like no spiritual value to me whatsoever that I know that song, but I'll never forget the lyrics. Can I just tell you, like, if you'll just get in a habit and a rhythm of bringing God's word into your life every day, it'll always be there. It'll always be there. And it comes with a promise. The Bible says his word never returns void. Get connected to God's word because what it does is it connects you to the will of God. Being in God's word regularly keeps me connected to the will of God. One of the things that I hear most often is people will say to me, like, hey, I got this thing going on in my life. How do I hear from God what his will is for this thing in my life? And I'll always retort, not to be a smart aleck, I'll just say, hey, have you looked at the Bible on that? Have you checked the scripture on that? The issue oftentimes isn't that God is ignoring us in our prayer life. It's that he's already said what he has to say on the issue. And we just got to go to his word. It'll keep us connected to the will of God. Good place for an Amen. That's why the psalmist said, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not mess it up. I want to get it right. So I'm going to stay in your word, stay connected to your will. The next thing I'm going to ask you to prioritize as you begin the new year is some prayer. Like, get in a rhythm, get in a habit of talking to your heavenly father regularly. And prayer is... Such a tough thing for some people to process because we think, is this where I have to sound like all spiritual and use special language? Do I have to talk like King James? And the answer is no. You just need to have a conversation with your Heavenly Father. That's what prayer is. Just talk to Him, tell Him what's going on in your life, share your needs and your requests, worship Him. Thank him for the good things that you have in your life and the blessing that you have in your life. And then leave space for the Spirit of God to whisper back to you. How how, how do I know? How do I know if it's God? You stay in the rhythm of prayer, and over time, you'll become more and more familiar with the voice of God. When I was young in my faith, I would have things that I think, was that God? Let me go check the Bible, make sure that lines up with the Bible. Now, I've got a a rhythm, a routine of God's word being in me and a familiarity with the voice of God. So when he whispers something to me, when he plants a dream in my heart, like I just know, like I know his voice. Later this month, I will celebrate my 20th anniversary with my wife, Amanda. And because of the time we spend together and the proximity we have to each other, I don't need to see her talking to know that it's her talking. I could hear her voice from anywhere in this room, and I'd know it was my wife. I'd know it was her. 
Why? Because I've been in proximity to that voice almost daily for the last 20 years. I know that voice. I know the voices of my children. I can pick them out of a crowd because we spend time together. Prayer, time and prayer, will help you hone in on the voice of God in your life. I like to say it this way. Prayer will keep me connected to the Spirit of God. His Word will keep me connected to His will. Prayer will keep me connected to His Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is here to help. It helps us in our weakness. For example, you're going to have some times when you don't even know what to pray. But the Holy Spirit does. He prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. You want to see the right things grow up in your life? You want to take advantage of the timing? You want to set the right temperature, the right atmosphere? You want to keep your heart tender for God to do His best work in your life? Start the year by prioritizing His Word. Start the year by prioritizing time in prayer. And start the year by prioritizing fasting. And we don't talk enough about fasting in the church. But the truth is, it shows up in your Bible more than 70 times. In fact, Jesus said, when you pray, not if you pray. And he said, when you fast. There's an assumption. that This is a part of our spiritual rhythm and our routine. And we've, we've tried to strategically set it up where we can participate in this corporately as a church together, 21 days of prayer and fasting as we begin the new year because a lot of us need to lose some holiday weight. I'm kidding. That was a joke. That's not why we fast. That is not why we fast. <laughs> Your body will get benefits, though. There's, it's scientifically proven. Um, over 70 times this is mentioned in your Bible. God's word keeps me connected to his will. Time in prayer keeps me connected to his spirit. Why do I fast? Because when I fast, I force this body to submit to a will that's not its own. If this body gets complete control, you know what, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna have a steady diet of Reese's peanut butter cups. My wife put my Christmas stocking so full of Reese's. Jesus, I felt the Holy Spirit on Christmas morning. You know what I'm saying? Like, I felt like a light shone down out of heaven on that stocking. And they all gone now. They're gone. If I leave my body, the Bible says you, you're, there are different parts of you, and you have what's called a carnal nature, a flesh nature. It's the cravings of your body. And that, that flesh fights for control of your life. What fasting does is it reminds this body, you're not in charge. You're a temple. You're a temple for God. And I got to keep the temple conditioned right for the Holy Spirit. So God's word connects me to his will. Time and prayer connects me to his spirit. Fasting disconnects me from the world. It keeps me disconnected from the world. The Apostle Paul said it this way. He said, I, I got to discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, after going to church every weekend, after memorizing scripture, after singing Christian songs and reading Christian books, I might still blow it because my flesh got control. And so I want to encourage you as you begin the new year, make a priority of God's word, make a priority of time and prayer, and make fasting a part of your rhythm and routine. In fact, I invite you to be a part of it corporately with all of us. 21 days of prayer and fasting from today to the 23rd. Now, I'm not telling you not to eat for 21 days. For most of you, that'd probably be dangerous. I'm just like, figure out a rhythm for yourself where you put some emphasis on it during this time. Like, I will do periods of intermittent fasting throughout this 21 days. Like, to, like I'm eating today. I'm eating and I'm watching football. But tomorrow, I, I've got 
the first day of my fasting routine. There's a rhythm that I've got established on my calendar for how I'm going to have periods of fasting over those 21 days. And it's not just skipping meals. I'm going to take that time. I'm going to lean in a little extra in my time with Jesus. So for you, maybe it's not even food. Like a lot of us would benefit from a social media fast. Some of us would benefit from a Netflix fast. Some of us would benefit from just a total media fast of all kinds, like just no screens. Some of us would benefit from like fasting CNN or Fox News or MSNBC or your echo chamber of choice. Like just walk away for a little bit. Fill your head with the word of God and what he has to say to you. And then I want to invite you not to just do it during this 21 days of prayer, but to consider how fasting could become a part of your spiritual rhythm and routine throughout 2021. Maybe take one day a week or one day a month and skip your lunch hour. Don't eat lunch and just go spend some time with the Lord. Read a good Christian book or spend some time in the Bible, spend some time in prayer. Lean in to your relationship with Jesus. I'm just telling you, you'll see good things take root and grow up in in your life. It'll be your best year ever if it's your best year with Jesus. And here's some ways you can do it corporately with us too. We have first Wednesday, this Wednesday, but then we'll come back the following two during this 21 days. And we're just going to have an hour of prayer together on Wednesday nights at 7. We'll be distanced and responsible, all those things. We'll also be here on Saturdays at 9 a.m. And you're a part, true life, of thousands of churches that are doing this during these exact same days together, and we're we're believing God to move, and he's gonna. It's the right time. We're gonna set the right temperature. We're gonna keep our hearts tender for God to do his best work in our lives. Amen? Amen. Bow your heads and close your eyes if you would. There is one... uh, condition to everything I said today. It only works if Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life. So if you're here in person or you're watching online where many of you are today, I just want to ask you, do you know Jesus? Like, have you had a moment where you surrendered your life to him? You said, Jesus, you you can have control of my life. I believe in you. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And I want you to be the Lord of my life. If you haven't, why don't you do that now? In fact, I'll help you with it. I'll give you some words to pray. Whether you're here in person or watching online right now, just right now, if you've never had that moment, just say, hey, Jesus, today I realize I need you. So here's my life. You can have it. Please save me. From this day on, you're my Lord. You're my savior. You're the king of my heart. I believe you died on the cross, paid the penalty for my sin. I believe three days later you rose from the dead and you broke the curse of sin off my life. And now, because of this moment, the same power that brought you out of the grave is coming to life inside of me. And my life will never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Keep your heads bowed, your eyes closed if you would. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, I'm going to ask you to make sure you let us know at the end of service in our digital connection card. I'll tell you more about that in a second. For everybody else, I'm going to do this a little different this service because I just feel like it's what God wants me to do. Heads bowed, eyes closed, very personal moment. Please don't look around the room right now. You guys who are online at home, I won't be able to see you, but I want you to participate anyway. If you'd say, hey, hey, like this was for me today. I need to get first things first. I need to take advantage of the timing. I need to get the temperature right. I need to get tenderness. And so I'm all, I'm in. Like I need to be in. So I'm going to prioritize God's word. I'm going to prioritize prayer. I'm going to try to figure out how to include fasting in my spiritual rhythm. Like if, if you feel a tug in your heart, like God's calling you to participate in that. Just like, just wave a hand at me, would you? Heads bowed, eyes closed. I'm the only one looking, all right? Yep, a whole bunch of you. Awesome. Thank you. Let me just pray for you. Heavenly Father, you, you know right where we're at today. 
It's a new year. It's the perfect moment for a fresh start. Thank you that you're the God of the reset, that we can start new, we can start all over again today. And I pray that you'd help us to prioritize the things that will keep us positioned best to see what you want take root and grow up in our lives. So we choose today, we choose your word, we choose to be in relationship with you through prayer. And we're going to disconnect ourselves from this body that wants to be in control by saying no to some things during this next 20 day, 21 days and throughout the year. And I thank you, God, for what you're going to produce in our lives. I pray for those who walked into church today feeling like there's some stuff that's dead. God, I pray today you would give them hope that it's a seed and that there's something beautiful that you have planned. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Would you stand to your feet all across the room? We're gonna sing together one last time before we go. But I need to ask you a favor before you leave. Uh, it's all digital right now because of the pandemic, but if you have the True Life Church of Newark app, you can find us in your app store by searching that right there, True Life Church of Newark. Or if you're watching online right now, you're gonna see a link pasted in for our online connection card. It's going to show up in our online chat, our Facebook comments, and our YouTube stream. All three of those places, you'll see that appearing right now. And there's a couple times a year I ask for 100% of you to go fill that connection card out. Now, normally we do it pen and paper here. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to go fill it out, give as much information as you're comfortable with. We're not going to show up at your house with a fruitcake or do anything weird. Like, nobody's going to do that. I, I specifically want you to fill in the section uh, about having a prayer prayer request. What are you believing God for in 2021? I want to agree with you in prayer, and we're going to be taking those during this 21 days of prayer. My wife, my family, our staff and team, every day we're going to pray over the stuff that you put on those cards, and we're going to continue to pray over them throughout the year, and I, I would just love if you'd communicate with us when God responds to that prayer in your life. That's, that's really all I want. I just, if 100% of you would go fill that out, it would mean so much to me and to our team so that we can be praying and agreeing with you uh, as we begin the new year together. Cool? I believe God has some good things in store for our lives this year. Amen? Come on, if you believe it, give God your best praise. Let's worship him one last time before we go. God bless you all.